listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey everyone, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about technical items on your blog and how they can help you share more of your Pinterest content. And one of the things I've been doing for the last six months or so is I've been testing out the Social Warfare plugin. And I wanted to see, did it really work? Was it not super hard to install? Because for me, that is like the number one thing that I think about before I do anything. Because as I've said many times, when someone uses the word cPanel, I'm out. Like I'm not doing any more. So this plugin for me was actually really easy to install, really easy to set up and get going. And I have loved the ease of use. So I thought, why don't I talk to one of the people who created it a little bit more about why they created it and how we can get the most out of it. So I have on the show today, Dustin Stout, who is, are you co-creator? Soul creator? Co-founder is what we title ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Of the social warfare plugin, or you do you call it warfare plugins? How do people most identify with it? Uh, so there's actually a, a strategy behind that, and um, uh, it's probably a whole other conversation. But the product, uh, one of our products is social warfare, but our company is called Warfare Plugins. Okay. So it's we have a parent company, and the parent company has uh, actually two products at the moment. Um, we do plan on creating more plugins. We have a bunch of ideas, but uh, currently two products uh, in the wild. One of them being Social Warfare, and the other one being the Frame Buster, which is actually built into Social Warfare. Ah, okay, got it. So let's step back just a little bit, and you tell me a little bit about you and how you got into this space of creating plugins. Sure. So I'm a blogger uh, primarily. That's you know how I got into this whole digital space to begin with. I started blogging back in 2011 seriously. Um, kind of dabbled back in 2009, and uh, that's about when I got into social media and started learning and consulting. Uh, kind of took really uh, easily to uh, the world of uh, online marketing and especially the social space because uh, two things: uh, I love people. I'm extremely extroverted, so uh, social media was a way for me to express my extroverted right. um, mm-hmm. and I was also extremely um, uh, technology oriented I love new technology I love exploring technology and that's a weird combo it is it's extroverted really weird. And <laughs> uh, yeah you don't find that and especially for you know like a designer developer um, us those types tend to be very introverted you know the work yeah. that we do is behind a desk behind a computer in a dungeon of some sort in, uh, in front of yeah. a you know a wall of code and uh, right. I'm I'm sort of a weird case where um, I do that stuff. I know how to design websites, but if I don't get human interaction every so often, I go crazy. <laughs> okay. um, so all that to say, you know, I started in the blogging world. Uh, started really taking it seriously in 2011. Got into WordPress. Learned how to design WordPress sites. Uh, started building them for other people. And um, you know, I just once you start uh, living and breathing that that world. You start to see uh, not just you know the the possibilities, but you also start to see the flaws. And uh, one of the big flaws that there were with uh, with the world of WordPress and the state of social media integrated into websites was 
web social sharing plugins for WordPress really sucked. And um, being a, both a social media consultant and a web designer, I had a, a bunch of issues with um, creating websites that could be as highly shareable as possible. Um, so, you know, long story short, I was redesigning my own uh, blog, Dustin TV, and uh, I had an idea of designing my own social sharing buttons. So I kind of did a mock-up, and I sent it to my buddy Nick, who him and I had been doing some, uh, you know, some like marketing uh, webinars together. Uh, he's actually brilliant in the world of uh, like psychological warfare. In fact, he is in the U.S. Wow. He's in the U.S. military, um, oh, and that's what he does. Okay. He does psychological warfare for the U.S. military. Um, wow. So him and I were, you know, doing webinars on the the ideas of psychological warfare and marketing, psychological marketing. And uh, so I knew he was brilliant. I knew he was a brilliant uh, developer as well. So I basically said, here's, here's what I've designed. How hard do you think this would be to make? And he goes, oh, not that hard. Um, and we also had another friend, Jason, who is a developer and owns a development company. And he had some ideas about what he wanted for a social sharing plugin. And I had some ideas about how to get it you know, to make an effective social sharing button. And you know, both of them are obsessed with speed. And you know, one of the biggest problems with social sharing plugins aside from the fact that they didn't work really well but was the fact that they were really slow and uh, they slowed down websites and so they were kind of obsessed with that i was kind of obsessed with some things and we came together decided to make a plugin for ourselves and answer our own problems and our own frustrations and we started to get the word out and people voiced that they had those same frustrations and they had those same problems and we realized this might actually be something that a lot of people want and need. So uh, we decided yeah. to turn it into a, a paid product. How cool. I love that story, which is how you got the social warfare, right? Because you combined, or maybe not, your social, his psychological warfare. Right. Was that how that came about? Yeah, well, I mean, both of us were sort of on the same page as far as like tactics and you know, understanding right. what works to get social media to work for you. you know, right. It's not just a spray and pray kind of thing. There are actual you know, intelligent uh, tactics and strategies that work. And, uh, you know, him being a genius developer, he handled the, uh, the lion's share of the development, actually putting the code together so that it works. And we all had our own ideas about, you know, this feature, this thing does that, and this thing would do that, and this would allow that. And, uh, yeah, it was just all of our strengths, uh, sort of like a Captain Planet, you know, with our powers combined. Uh, yes. <laughs> we are Warfare Plugins. Yes, I love that. Well, and I will I will just affirm that as well because I think um one of the things that I kept hearing as well was I would encourage my clients to add share buttons to their site and they would end up having ones that wouldn't pull the right information for Pinterest or they were confusing to load, they would never line up right. There just seemed to be so many things that ended up going wrong with them. Yeah. So when I started hearing about your plugin I think it was through Jesse was talking about it and he had said that it was doing great for his shares and he loved um, how easy it was to use and specifically that you could hide a Pinterest image, mm -hmm. which was important for many of my food blogger clients yes. who wanted to hide, you know, bigger images. And at that time it was like, a, yeah, and there it was a code and again, like people are asking me and the code's not working and sometimes it has glitches and it's not getting... <laughs> You know, like all these yeah. things were going wrong and I, I, my passion is really to help business owners be efficient 
And especially when it comes to Pinterest, like I don't want you to spend an hour and a half of your time trying to crack the code and figure out why it's not working to get this certain image to share. And so when this came along, that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to test for myself was, was it easy to use? Mm -hmm. And I think you guys really hit the nail on the head there, making it easy for the average blogger to navigate. And that's a hard thing to do, I think, for developers sometimes. I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's extremely hard to to create something complex yet simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Da Vinci who said the ultimate sophistication is simplicity, uh, and it's it's absolutely true. Um, I think it was also uh, Einstein who said uh, maybe it wasn't. I, I'll have to look this quote up later. But any any <laughs> idiot okay. can make something you can complicated. Say it was, and I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. it was Einstein. Any idiot can make something complicated. It takes true genius to make something simple. So it's really hard uh, because with with a plugin, even with a basic social sharing plugin, there are a lot of complexities that you have to sort of wrangle into one defined system. You know, Google Plus has a, a button that does this thing, and it's configured this way. Facebook has a button that does this, but they also have a button that does this, and it's configured two different ways. Uh, Stumble upon same thing. With every network comes different approaches to development. While there are some similarities. Uh, there are different nuances and things that you have to consider and sort of build a way to make them simple and, and uniform. And yeah. it's really hard, <laughs> really, really hard. Uh, even, you know, two years into this, we're, we're still, uh, you know, working hard to make it simple. Right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, what do you think is, and I have this question framed this way, but you can certainly change it, you know, however you think it should be asked more appropriately. But how can bloggers and content creators really use social worker to boost their shares outside of just putting it on their site? Is there any, you know, do you have any strategies for using the Absolutely. plugin better? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've been meaning for a long time once we get a, you know, 2.0 uh, fully uh, propagated and fully stable, and you know everybody using it, and you know we've kind of gotten past that hurdle. What I want to do is build a a fully comprehensive guide to getting the absolute most out of it. And as a professional blogger, you know somebody who blogs about social media and somebody who consults businesses, brands about social media, I've been I've been using similar principles that we incorporate into social warfare to that you know that clients pay me hundreds of and thousands of dollars uh, to teach them how to do or to implement on their websites or blogs. And there's a number of things. I think the number one thing uh, is the thing that I have to battle against most um, is the perception that people have of if I give more sharing options, I will get more shares. Uh, Um, So people think, well, if, if I offer every network, I'll have more likelihood that it gets shared more places. The truth of that matter is it's actually the opposite. So there is a psychological principle called the paradox of choice. And it's uh, a lot of research was put into it. And the simplest way to explain it is they did a, one of the studies involved jam. Do you love jam? I don't. Don't love actually. jam. Okay, good. No. Uh, I, I do. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I actually love jellies and jams. And uh, yeah. a, all I need for a, a, to have a great day is a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So yeah. they did a study. Uh, they wanted to see the effect of having more choices or less choices on purchase, purchase intent, or you know, actual purchases. So they set up a booth in a grocery store, and this grocery store was known for having hundreds of different kinds of jams. 
So they set up a table, and uh, the table had, uh, I forget the exact numbers, but let's say 12 jars of jam for people to go by and taste uh, and test it. So the table had 12 pieces of jam. People, lots of people came by and tasted it. And a small percentage of those people ended up buying the jam. Then they set up a table with far less, so only four choices of jam. Less people came by to actually taste it, but there were more purchases. Okay. So, uh, and the psychological principle also was, was uh, tested on um, social sharing options. So, um, you know, we, we don't like to point to our research uh, because we're biased, but right. a, guy, a well-known uh, guy named Neil Patel did this on his own blog where he generally only has three social sharing options. And he decided to do a test and add two more buttons, increasing the number to five, thinking, you know, maybe it'll increase the number of shares. So what happened when he moved from three buttons to two but or three buttons to five buttons for sharing options, his number of total shares actually dropped by 34% and his traffic dipped in correlation. Um, right. I think that's the right word. Um, so at the same time, uh, so he reduced back to three and instantly the number of shares went up as well as the number of traffic or uh, the, yeah, the traffic volume went back up as well. So the lesson here is this. People think they want more options, but they actually don't choose when there are more options. Uh, hence the paradox of choice. We want more choice, but we don't actually take action when we have more choice. So one thing that I consult all my clients and all our bloggers who want to get the most out of social warfare is do not choose more than three to maybe five buttons. Uh, to, okay. to share on. And the way that you can figure out which ones are the best is, is really easy. If you have Google Analytics installed, go into your Google Analytics and see which networks are driving the most traffic. And pick your top three. Uh, the top three uh, sites that are driving traffic for you, those are the ones that you want to promote and have people share on because that's where you're getting the results. That's where your content is really resonating with people. So instead of trying to get, you know, 500 uh, visitors from Facebook and then, you know, 10 from StumbleUpon and Reddit and all these other ones. Drive all that traffic from Facebook. People will share more because there's less choice, less anxiety from, am I going to choose the right one? And you'll drive all that traffic, the, the most effective traffic from the right networks. Oh, that makes me feel good. I can ditch Google Plus off mine yes, and just leave not, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. If it's not driving traffic, you should not offer it as a as a sharing option. Just drive everybody to the the places that that drive the best ROI. Awesome. Okay, that's my first action item for myself. Yeah. is to drop mine down to three. Yeah, I know which three already. Yeah, I'm stick with that. I love here's, that. Here's another okay. thing you might start to notice too. Visit some of the. Uh, the bigger sites, now not all of them do this, but a lot of news sites, a lot of uh, magazine sites, you'll notice there's only two sharing options. We actually had a yeah. user, um, uh, one of our users had a website with, uh, you know, one of his sites was getting over 40 million visitors a, a month and another one of his websites were getting, uh, was getting over 60 million visitors a, a month. So this guy has a lot of data. Right. And we asked him about the paradox of choice and he confirmed it's absolutely true. When they reduced to only two sharing options, Twitter and Facebook, the number of shares and traffic increased exponentially. Um, wow. So, I mean, it's there's even a case to reduce it to two uh, if uh, if you're so bold to to test it out. 
Yeah, that that's really interesting because now that I think about it, when I go to a lot of those news sites, I do just see Facebook and Twitter yeah. and an email option. Yep. I mean, that's really all that's there. And sometimes, you know, and a lot of times they won't have any Pinterest friendly content anyway, right. so it doesn't make sense for them to have. <laughs> right. I know. Everybody should have a Pinterest yeah. page. Um, is there any uh, data that you have as far as placement of share buttons? Because I know a lot of people have told me they find that they're better on the bottom, better on the top, better on both. What do you think? Yeah, and we, we have mixed data about this. We haven't done super intelligent um, research on this. I, w- I would really love to, but we just haven't had the time. Uh, you know, there are studies that say that on the left-hand side is the best. I don't okay. believe that. Uh, because as, as soon as you put it on the left-hand side, you immediately lose mobile. Or if you don't lose oh, mobile, okay. you uh, you end up alienating mobile because then you've got these share buttons. I'm sure you've been on a website where there are share buttons in the way of the content you're trying to read. Um, yes. And, of course, I'm not going to share an article I can't read, and it's giving me a poor user experience. So uh, we tend to encourage, uh, especially with social warfare, it works best if you use the bottom floating buttons. Okay. Which means yes, they will always be in view. They will mm-hmm. the user who's reading your article will never not know where they are. <laughs> if I could yes. have permission to use a double negative. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not the grammar queen. Yeah, so you're totally so, good. Um, so I would say always at least have them floating at the bottom so that at any point the user can share it. Uh, but you know, also have it uh, at the bottom at the very least. Um, at the top is also great because, uh, and this is an, an article I'm writing also, uh, are you familiar with social proof? Uh, not really, no. Okay, so the concept, I should be. Another great marketing concept that, that all your readers will, will love to know about is the idea of social proof. Uh, and the analogy I always use is if you were to, go to, if you were to come to my hometown, Los Angeles, um, and you want to go to a restaurant, we go downtown L.A., and we see two identical restaurants side by side. One of those restaurants has a line out the door and around the corner. The other restaurant has no line. You could walk right in. Instantly, your perception is the restaurant with the line out the door is the better restaurant, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. there are more people showing you that they want to be there. That's the idea of social proof. Uh, so in the world of sharing buttons, when you look at a website and you can instantly see this website or this page has been shared 3.9 thousand times, you instantly have a perception of that article being authoritative, uh, basically because other people have raised their hand and said, I trust this, I like this, it's worth you know paying attention to. So having your share buttons at the top of your article showcasing your social proof, uh, if it has been shared, is a powerful tool to actually drive more shares. And there are studies done on this. Again, I'm writing an article on it. Um, that, uh, that we'll talk all about that, the, the nuances. And uh, there, there is a such thing as negative social proof. If you have very low numbers, and that's a relative number, um, then it can actually cause less shares. So, uh, this also- so, would you, so with social warfare, can you turn off the share totals? Like, I yes. don't get a ton of traffic. Yeah. So is it in my benefit to turn it off completely? Yeah, we've actually, this is the reason why we actually set a, a minimum share count. So, you can activate social share counts, but you can set a bare minimum. So, uh, for instance, on my blog, there's a, a minimum set of 100 shares. So if I don't have 100 total shares, those counts will not show at all. Um, okay. And there's, there's actually a really cool study that I'll cite where it shows that 
when you have large social proof, you get more shares. When you have uh, no social proof, you get less shares. But if you have very low social proof, it actually gets less shares than the no social proof. So that's kind of why we built in the minimum, the minimum share counts. Action item number two. That's what I'm going to do next. You to see, this is, this is more beneficial for me than it is for my listeners. Um, I, I, always, I always tell uh, podcasters, you know, you're, you're in a brilliant business. You basically interview people, get free consulting, and you, yeah. uh, you have content that's, as well. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Um, so then my other question would be, um, a lot of people ask me about share, those share counts and if different URLs affect the count. Specifically, uh, an example for us would be some of our clients use Ahology. And Ahology adds a little bit of code to each of the URLs because they track it um, in Ahology and then they also allow a little pop-up there. But then that shows there's two, essentially two URLs going to the same post. Now, will Social Warfare track that Ahology one two and add it to the share count, or does it have to be that pure URL? That's a great question, and I would have to see what the URL looks like because there, um, there are certain things that you can do with the URL, um, adding stuff to the end of the URL that doesn't actually change the destination. Uh, for okay. instance, UTM codes. Uh, for those who are yes. in the marketing world, UTM codes are a very familiar thing. Social Warfare actually incorporates UTM codes. Um, and those will not affect it whatsoever because these are, okay. uh, these are recognized by um, Google Analytics and other analytics programs as just something that identifies where something came from so that they can track for analytics purposes. Now, however, if the permalink itself is being changed, for instance, you know, with apps like Snipply, or you know things that actually change the structure of the permalink. So maybe it's adding something before, uh, or you know anything that redirects it to essentially a different page. Then that would affect the uh, the ability to to track the share counts because uh, all these share counts are actually not tracked by Social Warfare or any social sharing plugin, or at least they shouldn't be if they're following best practices. They're actually tracked by the social networks themselves except for Twitter, um, because Twitter removed that ability. But these networks are tracking it in their uh, system, in their database. Uh, Essentially what that share count is, is how many times has this specific URL been shared or interacted with on our platform? And that's where we get the counts from. That's how we know we have the most accurate counts um, and the the most honest counts. Um, Because there are plugins out there, I won't name them, that will allow you to insert your own numbers or fluff your numbers or they'll count a number of clicks rather than the actual number of shares. And so you can go in and click your buttons all day long and just keep raising your, your count by yourself. Oh, um, that is very sneaky. Yeah, yeah. There are plugins out there that'll do it. They'll probably do bad things on the back end of your site too. Um, so I okay. cannot recommend them. Uh, so that's kind of right. you know how it should work in an ideal world. Um, so it really okay. depends on what, what you're doing to the URL. If it's UTM equivalent, um, then it's fine. But if it's changing some, something in the permalink structure, then it uh, probably is not going to be able to be tracked. Okay. That's really helpful to know. Then probably what I'll do for those who are wondering still about the Ecology thing, I'll send that over to you so you can look at it and sure. then we'll post an update in the show notes yeah. so people know. Because I know it's been a big debate because for bloggers especially – when they want to work with brands, they need that social proof often yeah. to say this is how many times it's been shared or clicked or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that 
using ology, sometimes they feel like it can mess with that. And so uh, while they love the benefits of ology, they also want to make sure they get the accurate share count right. for what's happening. And some, I do remember, I don't even know what it was, but I remember a, an older plugin that um, when I worked on the blog that I did, it had counted visits, not even really shares. It was really interesting. Oh, so you good. couldn't really get an accurate in like how many times was it shared or was this just how many people came from Facebook? It was right. very odd. Um, so what's your favorite feature of the plugin? Probably, gosh, I love so many things about it, <laughs> right. but it's my baby. So, um, exactly. That's good. You love it <laughs> yeah. entirely. You think it's cute. Um, but as far as results go, um, you know, it's perfect that this is the podcast that, that I'm on. But it's the Pinterest uh, hidden image, the custom Pinterest. And the reason for that is because I love telling this story because um, it is a, a story of enlightenment. Uh, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, for years, my friend uh, Peg Fitzpatrick um, and along with the help of uh, my friend Jeff C., who you know, uh, Rebecca mm -hmm. Radice and some of the other you know, large Pinterest users who are friends of mine, told me again and again, you need to focus on Pinterest. You need to get on Pinterest. You need to, you know, Pinterest, Pinterest. And I was resistant. I was saying, look, I get tons of traffic from Google+. I get a handful of traffic from Facebook, and I do really well on Twitter. I look at my analytics. I'm getting no traffic from Pinterest. It's maybe 3% of my overall traffic. Why would I focus on this? And they're like, well, you got to create good visuals. I'm like, I'm a designer. Every <laughs> blog post I create has a beautiful image. Um, but the one thing I didn't understand was it was a certain type of image that does well on Pinterest, particularly tall images. And so uh, I finally gave in and I said, okay, fine, I'll try this Pinterest thing. Uh, right. uh, and we're building this feature into social warfare where I can have an hi a hidden Pinterest image so I don't have to stuff a tall image in my blog post and make it look really clunky and ugly. So we mm -hmm. built that hidden Pinterest feature. Once I did, Literally the next month, checking my stats, I had a 400% increase in Pinterest traffic. What? That's awesome. A year later, after every blog post now has that tall image, 2,000% increase. Now, Pinterest has gone from being 3% of my web traffic to now 45 to 50% of my social web traffic. That is cool. Incredible. That so if I had no other feature in social warfare, <laughs> I'd right. probably keep the Pinterest, the hidden Pinterest image because it's been so highly effective. That is such a cool story. And here's my next question about that. So did you only keep the image hidden or did you also put it in the post? Like now is the vertical image in the post? No, never. Or is it still hidden? Never okay. will I put a, a vertical image unless there, there is the one exception that I made because I, I did have a, a, a Pinterest template, a Pinterest image template that I created that people could download. Okay. Um, so I did put that in the, in the blog post so that people could download it right from the blog post, but that's the only exception. <laughs> okay. So when you, when you go to – here's my next – my follow-up question to that. So when you go into Pinterest and you see what people are pinning, are they – are they using the share button and pinning the Pinterest image? They sure are. That's cool. The large okay. majority of the time. And I check this often. You know, there's the little Pinterest trick where you go to Pinterest forward slash source forward slash your website. And okay. uh, I, I look there often. And probably 95% of the time, it's that custom Pinterest image. That 
that's a great case study because a lot of people will say, and even I have to say, I've been a believer in that too, that you have to have the image in the post, but this is just proof then that the social share buttons work as designed, especially on mobile with Pinterest right? because 80% of the traffic is mobile. Yeah. And so they're actually utilizing the yeah. share buttons. And a lot of the, the pushback I've gotten on that feature, you know, we, we do a lot of support. We, we do our best to support our users and they often say like, you know, we want the pin button to do this. We don't want it to be limited to one image. And, you know, I've often, you know, tried to say, here's the results we've gotten, you know, here's the data we have, this is why it's effective, and this is why we can only do one image. Uh, mm-hmm. But they say, well, no, I need it in there too. I want to pin it. So uh, I, I fought back against this a lot, and there are a lot of good reasons, like, for instance, people who have multiple great Pinterest images and, and want to do that. But again, the thing is, uh, the common, um, you know, the, the, the crux of this is mobile especially for yeah. Pinterest users. On Pinterest mobile, there isn't a pin extension um, that I know of. Maybe there is. No, there's um, not. <laughs> yeah, unless you're, nav- you're browsing from the Pinterest app, I guess. Um, but on mobile, users don't have that extension where they're picking from any image on the page. So having that pin button on mobile with Social Warfare instantly gives them the, the seamless uh, Pinterest image, the description's already written, and they go right into the Pinterest app all they have to do is pick a board. So it's yes. really just done for you Pinterest sharing. Yeah, and I you know, the multiple image thing, I've heard that too before. And I think most often you run into that with maybe food bloggers because they do take so many oh, yeah. either step by step yeah. or different angles. But what I find with that though is then their post just becomes a really great lookbook and there's no reason you would want to hide them anyway. You know, whereas you know, if you're going to just do one tall and one horizontal, there's not really any reason to create more, you know, right. just let people choose from one. And again, it gets back to that choice yeah. that we talked about. Paradox of choice, more options, exactly. less, just less give me, action. Give me one, you know, and that's the one that you want shared too. And yeah. And people also, you can, if you want to do A-B testing, just upload a different one to Pinterest and then see how it does from there. You know, there, there's lots of different things you can try. Um, so you just came out with 2.0, and so what are some of the cool features that, about 2.0 that you didn't have in the previous version? Oh uh, Well, of course, the big, big announcement was that we finally offer a free version in the WordPress oh, repository. Yeah, so it's something we've wanted to do for a long time. Um, we've always been a premium plugin, uh, but now we are uh, on top of that, a premium plugin that also has a slimmed down set of free features. And uh, so we, we're glad to be able to offer that. And um, you know, some of the new premium features are really powerful, uh, in particular the popular posts widget. So uh, a lot of people love our popular post widget because there, there's no other popular post uh, plugins or widgets that will sort your post by social shares. Uh, usually the default in WordPress is that it's sorted by number of comments. And okay. uh, some people have a lot more social shares than comments. And so ours will sort by a number of social shares, but we also now have post thumbnails where you can bring in the image from that post. You can customize the look. Uh, We have some different styles and themes in there that you can use. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool thing for people to have. We also finally added a, uh, by overwhelming demand, um, (laughs) a, a Pinterest uh, button on image hover. So when you hover over, you can activate it, uh, to have any image in your blog post to be um, have a Pinterest pin button on it. Uh, 
Uh, now, this kind of flies in the face of, of the uh, paradox of choice idea. Yes. But again, yes. we, we have heard from a lot of food bloggers and a lot of bloggers mm-hmm. who do spend a lot of time creating multiple optimized images in their posts, and they really wanted this feature. So, And that only works on desktop, correct? Only or on desktop. On, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I figured. Because most hover over buttons, they only work on desktop anyway, so I wanted to see if this one yeah. was similar. Yeah, okay. so that's uh, that's how it's intended to work. Um, okay, and and that's pretty much it. We we didn't want to delay this release. Uh, you know, we did have a number of updates. We updated the short code, so now the short code's a little more intelligent. Um, we added two more networks: Hacker News and Flipboard, which are two really highly demanded networks. Um, and uh, we we saved a bunch of the stuff that we were going to add for a later release because we didn't want to delay the release any longer. Um, one of the things we're working on is a follow widget, so you can put it in your sidebar and have people follow you on all the different networks and show how many followers you have on those networks. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, that's been requested for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. there's a, a few other goodies that we're planning, but uh, that, that sort of covers what we have and, and where it's at. Yeah, that's and so for premium features is, um, or for, I'm sorry, I'll phrase that differently. So getting the premium, it's a yearly fee, correct? Or yes. monthly? Okay, yearly. Yeah, Got the it. premium features are a yearly subscription. Uh, it is $29 a year. And um, that, that gives you access to all the premium features and support, uh, which, you know, in the world of WordPress, there's always going to be conflicts because everybody has different themes and different plugins with different coding standards and different versions of WordPress. Um, so, you know, support is kind of a big deal. Uh, so, and it, it's pretty time consuming, uh, you know, when we're trying to troubleshoot, you know, uh, other plugins that have really poor coding or, or outdated. Um, and so we, in order to support a plugin that's this comprehensive, um, you know, we need to charge that yearly fee so that we can, uh, we can keep working and keep making it better. And I'm a premium user. I've paid the $29 a year. And I will say for anybody listening, it is worth it. You know, there's a lot of things that we spend money. What is that, like $2 a month or something like that? A yeah. little over $2 a month. A little over $2 a month. month. I mean, that's a coffee. Come on. Yeah. You know, we spend a lot of money on, <clears throat> excuse me, on other things. But I think when it comes to social share buttons, it's a really important investment, especially as we've talked specifically about how much it can increase your traffic. I mean, your case study is huge, yeah. you know, just adding that interest image. But I really think for people who are considering looking for a share plugin that is easy, I'll use the word honest because I think you've really painted that good picture right here as we've been talking, but effective and efficient. I think that is one of the best things that you can find in a plugin. And I would definitely tell people that they should go for the $29 a year because it is worth it and it's easy to use. So there's my little tiny plug for you. Um, so I will say, here's the things that I wrote down as my action items that I'm going to do is I am going to install that popular post widget. Yes. I'm going to remove one social share, Google Plus, because I get no traffic from Google Plus. It's a hard network to crack. It really is. Uh, yeah. Honest. I think it's never been... Who has cracked it? That's what I want to I, I have. A number of uh, friends have. But the yeah, it's it's one of those networks that takes a lot of investment. And once you invest in it, it's a great return, but it yeah. does take a, it's a bit of a learning curve and it takes that initial, you know, investment. Yes, I will. I, I will believe you. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take mine down to three 
going to ditch Google Plus. And then to keep them only on the bottom, which I think was really good for me to know and affirmed the decision I actually had already made. And then maybe even test a few other things. So I really appreciate all the information that you've shared. And I hope that people have walked away with some new ideas and tips that they can try. Where can people follow you? Uh, so, well, so the best place is always the central hub of things. And that's my blog, Dustin.tv. And it's Dustin without the I. So D-U-S-T-N.tv. That's my personal blog. And you can find all my social links on there. Uh, it's always the easiest way. Um, and, of course, WarfarePlugins.com. Okay, WarfarePlugins.com. All right, well, thanks so much, Dustin. I really, really appreciate it and the free consulting. I appreciate that, <laughs> You're too. very welcome. Have a great afternoon. You, too. I love a good story that starts out with someone who created a product to solve their personal need. Then, in turn, they shared that product with a broader audience so they could experience great results, too. That's what I love about the Social Warfare plugin. So I know I already have some action items for my website, but I'm sure you have some too, which first should be adding the social warfare plugin to your site. Go to simplepinmedia.com slash social warfare to add them. And then go to simplepinmedia.com slash 17 to get all the resources, links, and show notes that Dustin and I talked about today. As always, thanks so much for listening.